three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, Pollock style reviews where we dish out the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlists. Morning, this is Milo live and in stereo, and today we present to you Mr. Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. The Dragon of South Central has come far since signing to Top Dog Entertainment in 2005 and his initial album, Section 80. He made waves in 2012 with his groundbreaking sophomore album, Good Kid, Mad City. You all probably know him from hits like Man Down, Where You're From. And in 2014, <laughs> with To Pimp a Butterfly, he created a jazz-infused musical backdrop to the ongoing racial injustice in America. If God got us, then we gonna be all right. The hey. anthem to the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm sure you are familiar. Kendrick would go on to leave us for five years after dropping Damn in 2017. But now the wait is over. And so is Mr. Duckworth's journey with TDE. Valued at $75 million, according to CelebrityNetworth.com, Kendrick has ended his relationship with Top Dog Entertainment and graced us with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. A quick Google search will take you to a Yahoo.com article confirming what you already knew. This album has garnered a lot of attention. Apple Music tweeted that it broke the record for most first-day streams of any album released so far in 2022. You can see the tweet in the article I mentioned. Also, the teaser video heralding the album's release, The Heart Part 5, sits currently at 29 million views. The whole world is watching, and now we at Hungry Hip Hop are happy to present to you our review of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Alan, tell us why this album is a masterpiece. Well, first of all, it's it was always going to have that kind of impact that you described with the Apple Music launch. It's mm -hmm. just been the way that Kendrick, I think, just lit the 2010s on fire with those albums you mentioned, Good Kid, Mad City, with To Pimp Butterfly, obviously, and To Damn in 2017. And then five years, we've just been waiting for this. And, and we had no reason to doubt Kendrick. Kendrick's never made anything below an eight, in my opinion. And Agreed. this is... And we've been waiting five years, so of course it was. And as far as it being a masterpiece, I think I think it is. This is this is my favorite rap album of 2022 by far. But but as we're gonna get in, Kendrick makes a lot of points on this that I don't think everyone, me especially, are just going to leave kind of unexamined. I think there's a lot of he makes a lot of decisions, especially with his feature lists, most notably multiple times with actually Kodak Black, a feature that I would not would not have guessed to be on this album. But I think his inclusion plays kind of a major role in what Kendrick's trying to say. So this is this thing is dense, but I don't think there's any lack in terms of one, it having just really good songs that you can just listen to on that level. It's really good on a level that nerds are going to talk about it on their podcasts, it's really deep as well. And so I, in terms of it being a masterpiece, there's a bunch of different reasons why, uh, but it's definitely not one that escapes my criticism that, and I don't think Kendrick wanted that. And it's probably not, it's probably about third place, I would say, 
in my favorite Kendrick albums currently, but obviously his albums all need time to grow. But this thing was really, really thought provoking, really amazing to me. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, so Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers. Um, hmm. Uh, I'm just going to put a trade out there. Um, I was kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, listening to this album, I sonically did not think it was as good as any of his other major or studio album releases. Um, I think Gay Kid Mercedes, Tip of Butterfly, Untitled Unmastered, and Damn all sonically sound better than this album. Um, I really think the production was lackluster on a lot of these songs. And I've listened over and over, and it's just so many times where a lot of these songs kind of forgettable and just get right past. Where I can't think of a single Kendrick album where songs are forgettable to me, even if I didn't like them per se, but they weren't really forgettable. This one kind of felt fairly forgivable to me at points. Um, I'm also curious if TDE's in-house um, engineer mixed by Ali mixed this album. He's mixed every other Kendrick album, um, but I cannot find his name any goddamn where on Wikipedia or anything for this album. So I don't know if he mixed this one, which would I'm also be curious about. Um, that would explain certain things why they don't sound sonically eh, there or whatever. Um, in terms of content-wise, what he talked about on this album. Uh, I probably prefer the content more than I did on Damn. On Damn, it was more of like a personal revelation of why am I here? What am I? Per- what is my purpose? Um, you know, a lot of God talk um, between me and or whatever. This one is more of a um, him. Not want to say necessarily owning up to his faults, but him more so being like i mean he's always been self-reflective but i would say by far the most so far in this one and really self-reflecting on his problems how his problems came to be on the world's problems how the world's problems came to be like it's like all these different things and he's just realizing like i'm a savior i'm not your savior cole's not your savior you know whoever's not your savior like this is we're all fucked up from a lot of different shit you know and that's why also his kind of dig at cancel culture on this also makes sense where it's like cancel culture is canceling you because you've either done something you've done something fucked up likely because you are fucked up and kendrick's whole thing is you know yeah we're fucked up but we're fucked up because of shit that's happened to us and so it's kind of like i don't know it's just like a lot of things i haven't listened super deeply into the lyrics so I, there could be a there's probably a whole lot more there don't get me wrong but just kind of from what i've gathered so far from what a lot of the complaints i've seen that's kind of been a theme um that being said so like to me there's a decent amount of songs that i do are really like highly emotional you know obviously uh the we cry together and songs like mother i sober and whatnot like there's like some very deeply emotional songs on here but to me it's like a handful of them where I was like, if I listen to damn the whole thing, it's like a fucking emotional roller coaster to me. And, and even more so with the Pippa Butterfly. And whereas this is at least half of it, I would say kind of just felt like filler, which I never thought I would use in the Kendrick Lamar album. But I'm not going to lie, like a good amount of these songs kind of felt like filler to me. Um, and it's not even that long of an album. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is because it's his last TDE. I mean, there's so many theories, but like, is it because it's his last TDE album and he's saving his really, really good shit for his own label? Will he be able to receive much more of the profits instead of whatever deal he has with TDE that definitely wouldn't give him as much as his own label? And so 
I guess that's the theory. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think Kendrick would ruin risking his legacy for that. I mean, he probably has enough money, but nevertheless, I don't know. To me, this did seem like a slight misstep. Obviously it's Kendrick. So even in his missteps, there's still magnificence. Nevertheless, though, I do see this as a misstep. Milo. Oh, this album is 18 tracks long, right? Yeah. Yeah. Average song length is four minutes. You're looking at a, a good hour and 13 minutes of listening time, and you will feel every second. Mr. Morale and the Big Sleepers could be an apt title, but whatever. I wasn't in the production room when they thought of it. Uh, the feature, <laughs> feature list. So you already heard about Kodak Black. Sampha's in this. So if you like Sampha on... St. Pablo, our other favorite Gemini. Uh, St. Pablo was on The Life of Pablo. Then mm-hmm. uh, you'll like his vocals on this. There's also there's a Taylor Page, Summer Walker, and Ghostface Killa. There was someone else that was more memorable. Baby Keem. Baby Keem. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baby Keem. So, some pretty good features. I don't think there was a feature that brought anything down, but maybe as we get into it song by song, it'll jog my memory. Musically, yeah, Mark hit the hit the nail on the head. So do not be bamboozled by this album. This album, and I've, and I've said this about To Bimpa Butterfly, this album puts me in a really difficult position because it's obviously a really well-crafted performance, but it feels more like a one-actor, one-act stage play that mm. is set to me like a musical, so to speak, mm-hmm. than... A hip-hop album so if you go into it expecting like your conventional hip-hop album you're probably like damn it, it's not anything like damn it's not like good kid mad city it's more like to pump a butterfly with that really per- performative mm-hmm. open mic night snap poetry type feel to it with the music and with the the delivery so mark talked a lot about the content the content definitely gives that, but also even the delivery and how, how he wraps certain things and the different voices he uses. So to me, like listening to this, listening to an hour of this, I was like, look, man, if you feel like you want to talk about these issues in this kind of way, just, just write a screenplay. Yeah. Like you're Kendrick Lamar. You have the resources to make a short <laughs> film or even a feature like film. Like I don't want an hour and 13 minute album after five years of waiting you and that's the thing so i'll close with this i think this album is a miss because at least to pimp a butterfly was inspirational like Mm -hmm. there's nothing inspiring about this album even though technically like it's well put together and kendrick lamar is a good rapper etc etc there was nothing that called me to anything greater Mm -hmm. and I think that's a bad way to leave your label. Like I'm just going to bring up logic. No pressure to me was an inspiring album. Like there's no reason why, but I felt like I could become a famous musician and make millions of dollars, even though I had no business thinking that after listening to that album, I did not feel in any way inspired listening to this. So we'll get into the the track list, but I, I hate to say it, but this album was mid. Yeah. <laughs> also, we should mention the fact that apparently this is a double album. Um, that's what I don't know if Kendrick himself has stated that, but that's apparently like all the news. So like the first nine songs are one album, then the next nine songs are another album. 
Um, yeah. Sonic, sonically, I did not notice a difference, but that might just be me. I don't know. I wasn't. I, I was like, I wasn't really paying super close attention the first time, so it's. Yeah. I didn't notice either until I looked at the track list on Wikipedia and saw that it was. Yeah. So. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Can I mean, there's just there's about... so much. Yeah. Whatever. What? Go. 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 I just want to say this because apparently there was this was a well-known thing that i actually just didn't know and but mm-hmm. i think played a large part in the album was about uh the case that kodak black had this is kind of a serious thing but kodak agreed in court to apologize for having sex with an underage girl and mm-hmm. in, in court the the way that the settlement worked out was that kodak didn't have to necessarily go to prison. He did have to apologize. He did have to acknowledge what he did, but he somehow was able to avoid kind of real punishment from the justice system. And this was this was years ago, actually. But in the time since, Kodak has not, he's not apologized. He has not expressed any kind of regret. Everything that I've found that he's ever said about it has been along the lines of, you're trying to, like, you couldn't catch me. You couldn't fucking put me in prison. Like, why are people complaining about this? Some, so, so that's why a lot of there's been a lot of talk about Kodak's inclusion, especially on multiple tracks from this album. Multiple. And, that really got me. Yeah, and it's it's not just one. It's where he's and there's one where he's not even rapping really. He's doing almost like a spoken word. <laughs> I'm like, it's Kodak a, a poet. Kodak yeah. a poet. <laughs> and that's. And it's just, it's wild to me to think that, like like I said, I wasn't expecting Kodak on this, but I think a lot of the, the pushback that's really understandable, and I kind of have this criticism about this album too, is that Kodak only got featured on this because he assaulted an underage girl. And, Interesting. And so, it and that, and that kind of that's a criticism I have of Kendrick wanting to do that in that, you know, if Kodak was just a rapper who never did that, he would just have a lower profile than he does. And he would never have fucking been on the biggest rapper on the planet's album. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I mean, and that is a message about, I think that is a message that Kendrick is trying to get across that it's not really my place to really criticize, to put Kendrick up on this pedestal of he's just this like amazing godlike figure but Kodak is this this kind of trash person who makes this shitty music and how Kendrick doesn't really view himself as the savior as this kind of god he mm-hmm. says i am not your savior on this album multiple times mm-hmm. um but but i still i will be honest i still have a problem with um with Kendrick including Kodak in that way but i also get the artistic intent so so that's that. And then the other thing is people have mentioned this too, that it's it's the same thing when I say that I still one day will listen to R. Kelly probably compared to Chris Brown, that I just like Kendrick's music a lot more than Kodak's music. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to give Kendrick a pass when he says that when he says he did some bad shit, when he says he killed someone, I give him a pass for no other reason than I just like his music more. Mm-hmm. And so, so this... So the whole inclusion of Kodak, I, I'm still really torn on because I think it serves what Kendrick is trying to say well, but it's hard for me to 
take that apart from like the economics and the and the reality of the situation it's like if you know if <laughs> if he didn't have sex with an underage girl he wouldn't be on this album this is like mm-hmm. one of the biggest breaks of Kodak's career so so that just leaves me feeling kind of negatively about it but what do you think about the Kodak inclusion mark um so at first I uh, when I first listened to the album my only thing was just why is he on the album <laughs> I was just confused yeah. I'm like are they friends like are there's no way he's bringing any like artistic meaning to it like I I mean I'm just incredibly confused why Kodak's on this album like I just couldn't think about it and then it wasn't until like a day or two later I started seeing like on Twitter on the show all the like criticism of Kodak being on the album and I completely forgot about because to me Kodak is just constantly in jail and whatnot for different issues so I completely forgot that he even had like a rape case like it wasn't until someone mentioned I was like oh yeah he did have something like that um I just never even knew what happened to I assumed since he's out that he either got not guilty or whatever so and I didn't know what's with someone underage like I I didn't know anything about it so um thank you for letting me know but yeah Kodak's been a person who's constantly made really 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 bad mistakes and it seems like it's almost inevitable with the way it happens I think I mentioned this before like there was one where he was on parole like the motherfucker's on parole and he is at home live streaming himself smoking weed with his like infant son sitting next to him and it's just like what are you what are you doing and he immediately went got sent back to jail it's just like stupid shit like that it's just like ah he's one of those niggas but anywho i did see a lot of people bring up so people were like why is kendrick on or why is kodak on her kodak's done all this shit like why would kendrick get to include kodak and then a lot of people said hey kendrick really is not our savior look back to 2018 so if you look back to 2018, Spotify had banned uh, two artists' music. Not sorry, I should repeat that. They didn't ban two artists' music. They off of Spotify, but they removed them from playlists. So now, mm-hmm. and playlists are like 25% of an artist's streams, like if you're on a playlist. And so removing them from playlists does a lot, but um, they did it for only two artists. Uh, and both those artists happened to be black. It was R. Kelly and it was XXXTentacion. And the reason they did it was because they felt like, uh, like, like, you know, like ethically, like ethically would just be unokay to have these two artists on our platform, you know, doing their things. And uh, a lot of people were, you know, like saying like, oh, this is like fucked up or racist. Like how many white artists do you have on our platforms who's done a crazy shit and have a ton of rape cases, all this shit that you're still leaving on the platform. And so- A ton like, of country artists. ton yep. of country artists. And so they were like, for one, this is racist, but all this other shit. But no, nothing really happened until TDE. It wasn't Kendrick himself, but it was, uh, or it might have been Kendrick, I can't remember. It was Kendrick or TDE uh, tweeted. And they said, if Spotify does not uh, reverse the decision, we will not only remove Kendrick Lamar's music from Spotify, we will remove the entire TDE roster's music. <laughs> We're talking Good Kid, Bad City, Pepper Butterfly, the highest charting albums ever. And then Schoolboy Q's albums, Isaiah Rashad's albums, like all their albums. And so I think it was within days, Spotify reversed the decision and put excess music back in playlists and same with, um, same with, uh, same with R. Kelly, R. Kelly, whatever. And so, um, 
a lot of people like after that were like yo kendrick is just as toxic like he is just as toxic as like it's other people like he's not that and i remember that happened real quick and then it kind of went away and now this kodak thing is bringing it back up or where he says like that where kendrick constantly says that he puts um or people the community people are saying kendrick puts like this whole like brotherhood or rappers or you know you know misogynist like men over the abuse of women and shit like that and so uh that was a small criticism that happened back then and now i think it's highlighted again by kodak black being here and so yeah um for me i get it like you said with the point of the album it makes sense though to have kodak because like your whole point of the album is like not cancel culture and you do not understand like you have no idea what kodak black went through to be who he is now and it's like instead of judging a person Let's try to find a way to help them grow. Like, I don't know if he specifically says that, but that's the kind of idea you kind of get from behind this. It's like, please stop hating on people. Please stop trying to crucify them. Like, like I'm not perfect, but then also Kodak isn't perfect. And like, we all of us need hope and growth and all this shit, but please stop canceling people. Please stop like just saying you've done this, so we're done with you. And so that kind of really seems to be is a like, you know, we're not perfect, but we all can grow. And so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the whole Kodak thing, Milo? From a business perspective, it doesn't make any sense. Like if I had been in the room at that time, mm-hmm. I would have done everything in my power to be like, <laughs> no, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, would it have been easier to market Travis Scott? Than Kodak Black. I mean, if you feel like you need to redeem somebody on this album, I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't have done it from a personal perspective. I was listening to what you were saying. It's just that he evaded the, well, I don't know, because that brings up a lot of stuff about the criminal justice system. But let's assume the criminal justice system actually cares about rehabilitating people. Let's all enter into that fantasy world (laughs) for a second he evaded the systems that would give him the help and growth necessary to, you know, not do this again by getting a sweetheart deal, a sweetheart settlement. Alan, all he had to do was apologize. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you want to do this whole Messiah savior metaphor in the Bible, I mean, you still got to ask Jesus like for Mm -hmm. help, like say, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess technically he did that, but I don't think Jesus meant, I'm sorry, as, you know, <laughs> dictated by a court magistrate and your lawyer <laughs> to avoid actually taking accountability. So, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's just, well, that's what my my major criticism, like, comes into, that, like, if he would not be included on this album if he didn't, like, assault an underage girl is my... You, you see why that kind of rings me the wrong way that there are a ton of rappers who would kill to be on this album that mm. that just like have, have have never done anything like that and find that disgusting but they're given this career propelling opportunity because of that is something that Kodak has both like you said got off pretty much scot-free from and then also has not been repentant about it at all since Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really it. 
it really, I think I have an issue with it. I think I'll leave it at that. Yeah, next time redeem Kanye, man. He's a Gemini too. Honestly, people like Kanye more. Honestly, Kanye would have been probably the best. I just that that serious in terms of someone who's fucked up incredibly wrong, but is still redeemable in a lot of people's eyes just because of how much they love him. People would love to see Kanye come back to you know being you know the great voice for a lot of people or whatever, you know. Um, also, real quick, I'm just reading Kodak Black shit, dude. Uh, he was placed in a youth detention center three times in one year. Youth detention. That means like as a teenager, he got locked up three times one year. In 2015, he was arrested, charged with robbery, battery, false imprisonment of a child and possession of cannabis. Uh, like he's just like all these different Why did you mention the possession of cannabis, Boomer? Like, sorry, I know, I know, right? Well, I'm sorry. It's what read on the fucking radio, bro. He had a free for on him. Okay, so here we go. Kodak Black was recently in Florida and then transplanted to Florida and South Carolina to face charges of sexual assault. Um, according to the victim, we reported an incident at her school nurse. Baba. There was a Kodak Black performed at Treasure City in Florence. She accompanied him to his hotel room where he alleged told her that he couldn't help himself. Okay, never mind. Stop talking. But yeah, so apparently, okay, I, I didn't know that. So I think was he in jail for that when um when uh Trump pardoned him? But that was oh, I forgot for about that. Yeah, because niggas forget like Kodak Black wasn't supposed to get out for a while. Yeah, that was that like, was straight like Trump did that for clout. Yeah, like purely like, for weird. clout. Yeah. People forget about that. Like Kodak Black was supposed to be in jail for a while, like a long while. Kodak Black and Lil Wayne both were supposed to be in jail for a while. Um, and the only reason they are out free is because of Donald Trump. So, like, this is so like this weird universe. Before we get into the track list, this is just (laughs) like you here we have a a black man who gets treated like a white person for once, like it's a sweetheart deal, but it's about an underage assault, so we can't be happy about that. And then on top of that, we have one of the most racist presidents partnering two black men, but. (laughs) I mean, how do we like? <laughs> wait, wait. Can I also wait? Can I also say something about like as a leftist, how much I fucking hate Democrats? Because <laughs> because right now, right now, as we speak, YSL getting that getting those Rico charges. But mm-hmm. you know, Trump, Trump, he doesn't give a fuck. He says, you know what? I want the clout. I'll let Kodak Black walk. Mm. Fucking Joe Byron is not gonna. <laughs> young thugger. Yo, he's not gonna. Don't no no no! Don't get your hopes up out there. Don't don't no. think Gunna and Young Thug are getting out of this. There, no. Joe Joe Biden has no Bro. none of that love. Biden no. would be the goat. He would be the goat if he no, parted no, Young he's, Thug. He's not, dude. He, he, <laughs> he's the goat. He, he is not as convincible as Trump. There's, he would I don't be think the so. goat. Oh my god! That'd you want to get into the fucking track list? We've been for thirty minutes. We haven't even talked about a song yet. United in grief, I think, would be an appropriate start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do this. They felt it was an appropriate start for the album. So. Hey, speak on it, dog. Speak on it. This is what I'm talking about. About the so this the content is whatever. It's just about you know buying things and then some woman on the second verse and then talking more about stuff that he's buying. I guess like to help the pain of being alone. And but it's the production. So this might be some of that l- lackluster production you're talking about, Mark. I don't know. Maybe you like this song, but it's just like some piano stabs at the beginning. 
and then we switch to this drum set. Now, I like the drums, actually, I, but I know, Mark, probably, you probably thought they were a little boom bap because that sounded like a straight up just drum kit down in the basement. Let's just like they had Anderson Pack on those drums. That's what the drum kit sounded like. And then there's this like weird that y'all know that voice he uses for his good afternoon, Kendrick. This is your conscious speaking, Kendrick. Yeah. And then that voice comes in. Like the beat was cool, but I've been going through some. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good intro because it's good for Kendrick Lamar. Like this is what I would expect Kendrick Lamar to open an album with. Is this when I'm listening to music to for entertainment? Is this the kind of intro I want to hear? No, though. Mm-hmm. Alan, let's just go here. I feel like I, Mark is either going to fall in the middle or be negative. So, Alan, give us a positive spin on this. Did you like it? I mean, I really liked it. I think. I think the differences in how we approach this album speak to like why I like this album a lot more. Like you mentioned, it feels like it could be almost a stage play and that it's something that there's not a lot of tracks that you're going to, you're going to listen to just in isolation by themselves. You know, this is, in my opinion, this is a full album experience where you listen to the first album and then you listen to the second album and enjoy it as a whole. It's really strong and cohesive, but you know, if you just want to throw on a song like "Swimming Pools," it just doesn't have that, right? So, pull up, drain, headshot, drain, sit down, drain. Like, like this doesn't have those. And so, when I think that this album is a reflection on Kendrick's career, on the perception of what Kendrick does, I think "United in Grief" is really great. He talks about like the first night in Chicago when he when he met a green eyed model who he had sex with. And later he's going to talk about his infidelity on the album. And Mm -hmm. like when he fucks white women, what, like what that represents to him. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this, like the personal tone that he gets into, like you have to be a little bit of a nerd and you have to actually look at the lyrics and read them. I, I think it's a fantastic album. If you just don't like the production and you're going to write the song off based off of that, then okay i can't really tell tell you you're wrong in that but to me if you're if you are going to enjoy this as a complete piece i think this is just a great intro mark well it's a real fast if i might may respond it's a let play for me i did not start this off by saying it's a skip i also like the drum set i was talking about as an introduction it was difficult for me because it's what i would expect from kendrick like uh, last week we were talking about um maybe it was the yeah the week before Denzel Curry, you say, this is what I would expect from a Denzel Curry album. This is what he does. Yeah. So this is Kendrick, but I was thinking like, and you touched on it a little bit. Like if I'm listening to it for entertainment, it doesn't have like a swimming pools effect. It's not like the, the hook is just him saying, I grieve different. Mm-hmm. And that's not exactly super catchy. That's all I was trying to convey. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, I also understand where your criticisms come from. It's, this is something you have to like sit down and, like think about so i on that level i definitely feel you mark um i like this <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about milo i thought this was great um it's not my favorite kendrick Lamar intro i still think dna was way better dna was way better banjo but i thought it was cool um i liked exactly how it started i hope you find i love that sample or whatever that is it's so i love how like the album starts with it and kind of ends with it whatever but yeah, I like, I love that sample. And I love where your kids are like, I've been going through some 1,850 days. I've been going through some. 
and then there's such rapping after that um I didn't think when he's like rapping it wasn't like my favorite part but um you know whatever it was still cool or not and he said you know obviously he's just saying a ton of shit you know was a house with a better view a family broken the variables was a rapper with jewelry a way that I show maturity you know and um I went and got me a therapist I can debate on my theories and sharing it you know and he talks about having a psychologist and a therapist on this and like all this other shit and so um yeah I mean I thought it was I thought it was cool it was okay uh I think that I grieve different thing is really interesting I grieve different which makes sense I mean I wouldn't doubt that you're incredibly fucking famous and rich you were able to just remove your phone for three months and live life you know most of us can't do that <laughs> like uh and so I wouldn't doubt that you grieve different but he also has a song later on in the album that you know actually explains this whole grieve different thing in a different way which we'll talk about later but um yeah I thought this was a cool intro it was not like DNA to me um but outside of DNA this might be one of my favorite intros so far for Kendrick um Dude, but what about on the type of butterfly when it's like, hey, oh, that's my first one. That's sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, DNA, that, yeah, DNA, Wesley's theory, then this one. I love Wesley's yeah, theory. I, lo- I love Wesley's theory. Nigga is a star. Oh my God. Yeah. Do, 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 the way that shit bounces is perfect, dog. Yeah, that's, that's that shit is fire, great. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's fire. Um, are we wait? Are we? Are, I mean, it's Kodak. I mean, not Kodak. <laughs> it's Kendrick Lamar. We can't just do track by track. Like, I mean, I would actually be down, and then we we could yeah. probably just do two episodes. Like, we spent so yeah. long. It's nine fifty, and we're one track in. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do not destroy United in grief. I thought was a perfectly solid intro. I didn't have any real problems with it. In ninety five, the next track. Um, this one also has a music video. If I'm correct, I have not watched it yet, but I do know it has a music video. Um, Alan, thoughts on it? I mean, if you this is the bang one of the bangers of the album, in my opinion. Like this was released as a single, mm-hmm. and and this it I I loved baby I love baby Keem on it, mm-hmm. and just in the chorus, like this is Kendrick showing. Like we talked about how there's two albums on this, and mm-hmm. this first one, the the big steppers is what i would describe as kind of kendrick in his toxic bag mm-hmm. you know this the chorus on this is like bitch huh you ugly as fuck you out of pocket two atms you step into what you out like, of pocket out of pocket <laughs> like to me to me if you're looking for that banger track n95 is going to be is it's just going to be the one and i think that it plays really well into being part of the big steppers or the like the toxic part part of this and i mean calling it n95 is kind of clever because if it is the toxic half of the album you put an n95 mask on to keep the toxins out of you um but Mm -hmm. oh oh also i i really you kind of know when baby keem is on a track kind of the vibe (laughs) he's going for but i think kendrick and keem like have such a I think what Baby Keem brings out of Kendrick is someone who's not afraid to have fun and yeah. someone who's not afraid to say More ridiculous things. Yeah. And so, and I think that that's the chemistry that I like that Keem really brings out. And I think it works really well. 
on N95. This one's just a fucking banger. If I made a playlist of Kendrick Lamar pure bangers, N95 would probably be like one of the few from this album. So I actually like it a lot. <laughs> okay, you saved yourself right there. You saved yourself. I thought when you said like if I had to make a uh, playlist of Kendrick Lamar, a playlist of Kendrick Lamar bangers, this would be on there. I would say not in any way, shape, or form. But if you had to say one from this album, one hundred percent from this album, this is easily like the top one of the top two or maybe three banger songs. But in terms of Kendrick's discography, it doesn't even come close. Which is why this really saddened me a lot. To be honest, was um I was not really happy with the song. It's okay. See, I like this song more than I like. I really like this song. I like this um, song more than you do. Okay, yeah, I thought this song was okay. Um, it's not a skip, but I would not go back to it. Um. Like, I, if I wanted to have fun or turn, like, this is not it at all. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, like, at no point does it do anything for me. Uh, I think I like the you last like the chorus, verse. right? Uh, you, uh, I mean, it's kind of catchy. Like, it's not bad, but it's just, like, doesn't work for me. I did like the end where he's, like, uh, where Kendrick rap super fast. Like, can I vent on my truth? I got nothing to lose. I got problems to pull. I got swim on my face. Camera, cameras are moving. Whenever, like, he just like raps the whole thing really fast in his last verse. I thought sounded kind of cool, but um, yeah. For the most part, from for, for the most part, content wise or sonically, this song really didn't do anything for me. It's catchy enough to listen to without skipping, but it's not enough for me to ever like choose this album or choose this song, particularly in my opinion. Um. There's no, yeah. Uh, Milo? Yeah, this song is definitely a skip for me. So for two reasons. One, it just seems really baity. So calling it N95 sounds like a cash-in on the, the the pandemic. Like, oh, that's familiar to everybody, so I'll title it that. Well, only white and, billionaires could fucking benefit off the pandemic? Oh, <laughs> stop it. Uh, there was a... <laughs> I think Corday did something similar on his album that y'all weren't too happy with. Uh, I think it was Pepsi or something. Shout out Pepsi. And the uh, the production on this, which one off of the, what not the navy blue, the the melodic, melodic blue. The Okay, so it was Family Ties. The production sounded very vaguely similar to Family Ties and it gave me the same feeling I had uh, with that Jack Harlow song on the last album that sounded similar to industry baby. I was just like, it sounds like you're trying to recycle that sound. So that's why it sounded baby, but also this song should have been shorter. And I say that for the same reason that when you have a joke and then you call it back and then you keep talking, then you call it back again. Then you keep talking, you call it back again. After so many callbacks, the joke gets stale and it's not funny anymore. So this song is fine. It could have been a let play because it wasn't like offensive, but if just cut it off at like two minutes, this in 30 seconds like there wasn't anything particularly deep that you needed to convey here exactly as i mentioned the production reminded me of something i'd heard before so it wasn't like that was super remarkable could have made it two minutes and 30 seconds and moved us on to the next track which it which actually is that i think that's the first one where Ken, uh, kodak black comes in right worldwide steppers mm-hmm. yeah so Did you want to go straight into Worldwide Steppers? No, I figured somebody else could. (laughs) Alan? Yeah. So for me, Worldwide Steppers is the first track that, well, like you said, it's the first one with Kodak on it. But this song is what I would say one of the more dense songs on the album. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's 
like it we get kind of his first the first reference to Kendrick's therapy, I guess, for lack of a better term, where he's talking to the self help famous self help like self help I, I even think of like as a derogatory term of like book genre, but self help spirituality mm-hmm. kind of understanding yourself, author Eckhart Tolle, who I think wrote the book called The Power of Now, uh, which apparently must mean a lot to Kendrick and is referenced by actually Kodak in his spoken word piece. But there was, there's one thing that I think people are talking about that I like, I don't, I won't get too personal about my life, but it, something in this, in this track did kind of speak to me when Kendrick was talking about his experience fucking white women. Yes. And how, where, where it's not, I think there's, there's been a lot of discussion about like the way rap treats like women. like views women as as objects, right? Or as yeah. things to obtain. And I love the way that or like a trophy in a way. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick is not in a, in a way that's way different than like how Future would talk about just like fucking a white yeah. bitch. <laughs> this it's is different. This is this is Kendrick telling a story about how how he was 16 in the Palisades in California and just meeting this girl that he could fuck and finding out that her dad was a sheriff mm-hmm. who locked up <laughs> who locked up one of his uncles. And now him fucking this sheriff's daughter is this kind of revenge on his internalized uh, racism. Is she said when you say the uh, line, she uh, she paying for her daddy sins. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, dude. It's a this, bar, dude. It's it's Man, not. It's, couldn't have tortured that out of me. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't put that. Now. <laughs> I and and you know what? The one thing I will say with me kind of feeling personal about it, like going to an all white Christian college, like I had some of those same feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I'm not really. I'm not. If Kendrick's willing to admit that, I'm. I kind of admire that he put that story in there because I think mm-hmm. that's personal. I think it's really easy for rappers to be like. Yeah, I got a bitch that bitch white and not really <laughs> not really understanding like what Chief Keith Chief was Keith really right <laughs> what, what Chief Keith was really getting to in that moment. Yeah. But again, that's another reason why I think this album is so compelling to me that I've never heard a rapper speak on it in that way that this is kind of a this is revenge for the generational trauma in my family that we black men have been put through at the hands mm-hmm. of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, but it's in a way that's just fucking a white girl, and that's something that rap has always valued pretty highly. And just viewing it from this other way, I think, was really good. And beyond that, I think this track—I <laughs> mean, this track is really—it's really good. But it's again, it's too it, where Milo. I think you're going to say that this one isn't really a banger. I don't think that it's—it's it's meant to be that. It's really storytelling, and how even when. Kendrick's older and he's on the Good Kid Mad City tour and he's fucking in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and he's banging a white girl in Copenhagen. Someone who's not American, who's just like from a different continent from any of the trauma you've experienced. Someone who's probably younger than Kendrick at the time. Like he's still, just because she looks white and looks like American white people, mm-hmm. he's still fucking coming out his trauma, you know, for lack of a better term. Oh, and 
And uh, yeah, it's I loved I loved how personal he got on this. I loved the way that he's taking kind of a rap thing and fucking a white girl and making it like a deep and personal thing. So mm-hmm. I really, really liked World White Steppers. It's hella dense. I have a feeling Milo didn't like World White Steppers as much as I did. So, so go ahead. <laughs> Okay, this album, this uh, not this album. <laughs> I was like, "Dad, you're gonna do the whole album thing." <laughs> throw the whole album out. <laughs> this song was a skip for me, and what we have is some very powerful content, as Alan just laid out. I, we don't, we don't need to rehash it, especially with the uh, very colorful imagery that was brought down by a really like, "I'm a killer, he's a killer, she's a killer, bitch." That hook yeah <laughs> wasn't doing it for me and then they have this really like tasty 70s because we're here to talk about whether this album is spicy and they have the you know a spicy little 70s beat that they use for maybe 10 seconds and then they go back to just that very dull matted looping bass line and there are no drums on this mm-hmm. so this is where like this is the kind of kendrick badu type thing <laughs> that needs to go into a screenplay because this is very powerful content, but there wasn't enough of a musical accompaniment for it to be spicy and belong on like an album that I'm listening to. But I would love to see you do maybe, you know, like an improv session off of this. That could be certainly intriguing. Maybe not improv, that's comedy, but you know what I mean. Maybe, I don't know, something more like that's done at a at an art gallery, a museum or whatever. So, yeah, this was a skip for me. Mark? Um. So real quick, Alan, that so this line about fucking a white woman, uh, it's like kind of revenge for uh, what white culture has done to us. Uh, J. Cole has a line. He, the first time I ever heard it was from J. Cole. So J. Cole has a line from years ago, like before 2014 first was right, all that, where he has a line where he's talking about Uncle Sam and all these white men. And he says, uh... We're gonna, I'm gonna, uh, uh, we're gonna fuck your daughters, we're gonna burn your flags, and we're gonna do all this. Pretty much saying that, like, you know, we're gonna get revenge by burning your flag and fucking your white woman, basically. And so, that was the first time I ever like heard that, like, oh, that's interesting. And so, Kendrick coming with that now, I'm like, oh, shit, it's coming back. Um, and uh, well, it's always been there, no one talks about it, which is yeah, 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 well, yeah, 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 it's always been there for sure, like. You know, but like, yeah, no much talked about it in that way since I heard Jay Cole last mentioned that. And yeah, I thought it was interesting. Also, this is the same song where he mentions that he had writer's block for two years. Nothing moved me. So for those, so oh, yeah. yeah, so for apparently from 2017, 2019, we don't, we don't get any Kendrick working on anything. And so this is really like a three-year album, I guess, technically. But even though he probably scrapped many albums at then, so who knows how long he actually worked on this project. But uh, he did mention that he had writer's block for two years, so that does help explain the weight. Um, and that, um, where is it at? Yeah, so like, um, talking about fucking this white girl on the Palisades. Uh, I, she drove her daddy's <laughs> she drove her daddy's bins. I found out that he was a sheriff. That was a win-win because he locked up Uncle Perry. She just paid her daddy's sins. Like I thought that was great. Um, and then he also just mentions here having a lust problem also in this uh, on this song. Um, 
uh, oh, I love this. He says, playing baby shark with my daughter, watching for sharks outside at the same time. I, I don't know why, but I love that. Um, and then he says, life has to protect the father I kill for her. My son Enoch is the part two. When I expire, my moment, when I expire, my children will make higher valleys. At this present moment, I saw that through. Asked Whitney about my lust addiction. I texted message and bitches got my thumbs hurt. And I was like, I don't know. I, I've been actually suspecting this for a while. And I was talking, I can't remember. I think I was talking to my roommate about this. But I was saying that usually people agree with Kendrick pretty strongly, right? Like progressives for the most part. Like he's the savior, he's this, he's that. You know, he's, he, people kind of accept them as like our voice in hip hop, you know, whatever. And so when it comes to social issues, like economics, hood shit, you know, race, color, all this, like people like praise Kendrick for his perspective and views, really praise him. Um, one thing I never really hear criticized as much though, like it's now is from this album, but like never really before too much was that his views on women though, aren't, I wouldn't say as progressive, not in the sense that like, not, not in the sense that like he still calls them bitch or something like that. But I just mean like, and like, just and listen to like, um, the way he talks about them and like his relations, like, like Kendrick in my opinion, has very much has some like um, dysfunctional relationship with women in his life, um, whether it's his mom, whether it's his like wife, whether it's like whoever, like women on tour. It's just like, it seems like for him, and like this is back in section 80, where he's talking about uh, his friend's sister was a hooker on the street and shit like that. Like the, just the way you hear him talk about women is... Not, I don't want to say negative, but it just so that he has a perspective for like he's flawed with it. Like it's not, it's not as easy as him. Like he could dissect hood culture, economics, and politics for an album and be like a hundred percent almost perfect with it. But if you ask him to dissect relationships between men and women and what's right and wrong, I bet you less than 50% of people would probably agree with him. Yeah, it's so. like Nas. So, yeah. Yo, that's my seed. Yo, you my queen, baby. Yeah. You keep my house clean. You got dinner on the table for me. <laughs> like, right. It's... But Kendrick was never was saying, never saying in like a 90s rap way where yeah. like women are supposed to do that. And I, I did want to follow up that like, I would say more people would have, like you mentioned that song is called Keisha's song. Yeah. I off think of so. section 80. Um, to me, that is a really pro women, women song that, it's like acknowledging the the world that Keisha was put into. He got shitted so, on for that song. Yeah, didn't yeah. He mention it. By Keisha, by, me, I'm dying by, by, yeah, by Keisha's sister or whatever, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, but I still, I still, I, as a fan, I will say that is a, to me, Keisha's song is about the plight that young black women have to go through oh, yeah. in, in like being in the hood. But Keisha's sister didn't really like that. Kendrick is becoming the biggest rapper off of her sister's story. So I think both can kind of be right. Mm -hmm. um, but it's hard. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point. It speaks to the duality of this album where, you know, you have to accept Kendrick being the savior, but then also as being a guy who, who's Kodak Black's friend. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of the duality that, that comes back and forth on the album and his relationships with women and him as even as a famous rapper, everyone has to be, has to be accepted for their whole self. They're toxic and they're good. And that's why I 
like the Heart Part Five music video so much when he's mm. going through all those deep fakes and he starts out with OJ, someone who we unequivocally view negatively now, you know, mm-hmm. and he goes through all these different black men who have their ups and their downs. Kanye is someone who we love his music, but oh man, I just wish he didn't do everything else we've watched Kanye do for the last 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, and like Kobe Bryant, we all look up to Kobe, except except for the rape case in Denver in 06. Mm-hmm. Like we have to accept people for both their sides for when they are Mr. Morale and sometimes when they are the big step in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that interruption, but yeah. No, that's right. Also, I just realized um, another reason why Kendrick and Code might have Kodak on the album. I don't know why this didn't connect before. Um possibly they might be both black hebrew israelites i know kodak is yeah it was kodak, giving that. oh yeah kodak times yeah, kodak, kodak flexed that years ago on instagram that he was at least becoming or became a black hebrew Israelite. this was like back when we were at apu like years ago um and then off a of dam that was the theme and dam was uh you know us black people we were the ones 400 years in slavery and to talk about america and you know it's really easy as a, I can imagine as a black man who came from nothing to now reach the height of riches and influence and power that this perfectly matches the story of your people were enslaved for years. You're coming up. You're now a savior to your people. You're now the voice for the people and you need to do this. And like, this is what God has brought you out of to do this now. I mean, he named his son Enoch. Like, this is like all this shit. Like, yeah. it's just like, like yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's very like he doesn't admit that he is one and damn, but he definitely admits that like people like he even has a voicemail of someone living leaving a whole voicemail of like the idea of like Hebrew Israelite and damn, and so it's at least an idea that he's playing with, if not is one. And so having Kodak Black on the like I don't know how many rappers are Black Hebrew Israelites, but I don't know I don't think it'd be that big of a group. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that connection also possibly is there of like okay we're part of this same bigger thing or whatever i did i definitely think it's there i that's yeah. exactly what I, I couldn't remember the name of it i thought it was like the black zionists i mean i think i made the name but i just know I, like yeah black hebrews i think they're i think they're both usable yeah damn yeah. you agree though myla yeah that's what i thought all right are we doing yeah. by steppers we are yeah. by steppers all right, I've done one get to <laughs> Die Hard with Blixt and Amanda Reifer. Have have has anyone heard of these people before? Blixt and Amanda Reifer. I've heard, Blixt was oh. on the Mozzie album we reviewed. It's it's also forever. pronounced Blast. Yeah, Blast. Yeah. Blast. It was on the Mozzie album we reviewed forever ago. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that's great because <laughs> this track was a blast. So to start, oh, really. I actually don't expect either. I expect maybe Alan not to like it. Mark, perhaps you might like it. The reason I say that is this is the most non-Kendrick sounding song I think I've ever heard. This song straight up sounded a lot like, I don't know if people listen to 1975, but they came out with this song called Two Time. That's like, should have called her one time. Maybe it was two times. This time. song is better than that song. <laughs> but it was definitely, I'm so glad Alan. So Alan knows what I'm talking about. But it was definitely like giving that a lot, yeah. With the shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bar, da da da. So <laughs> this, and then the actual production, like the drums and the melodies and stuff, it sounds, it feels a lot like all the stars from Black Panther. So mm-hmm. 
it just it i want yeah it's poppy it's poppy it's more poppy for kendrick so it wasn't exactly what i was expecting and the content's good it was basically the oh if i had to like summarize it in general it's just about trying to be a good person and doing the right thing in general other co-hosts can get into like specific lines and oh that's another thing the delivery on this so even in all the stars the song he did with SZA uh, for Black Panther Kendrick Lamar was rapping like he's still tell me what you're gonna do to me da 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 and this he's like almost kind of singing and we get more of that in fact we get like full-blown singing later on and I can't think of a project where Kendrick is delivering his verses in like a singing voice or quasi singing voice off the top of my head. Maybe y'all can remind me, but this is definitely a cue up. I really enjoyed the song, but it doesn't. And the features were great. The vocals on the features are great, but it's just as if you're like a diehard, I need jazz in my Kendrick song, then this probably isn't going to be for you. Well, I would assume that you would assume that I'm, I'm the one who likes this song. This is like a 2000s R and B rap mix throwback and that's what that's what mark absolutely hates but i love those but i love those songs and i really like this song i think the chorus done by blast was really good i i agree with your point that this is not this is more good kid mad city than it is to pimp a butterfly where it's not just like incredibly dense we need to go through all of the lines this is more just like you know it's a pop hit and i have no problem with kendrick with Kendrick doing those at all. Like one of my favorite Kendrick songs of all time is Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. And and I think it works really well. Every feature, like aside from Kodak, I think that every feature on this album makes every song better unequivocally. And I think that the way that I, I want to do this artist justice, Amanda Reefer, her, her little post-chorus part I thought was really beautiful. I really liked Blast doing the actual chorus. And yeah, I I really liked it. This is, like you said, this is one of the more popular tracks, one of the few that we get on this album. And to me, I always talk about a song that brings the energy back. I think I always had the energy for Kendrick Lamar album, but for Milo, for you, I know that you don't always have that same energized feeling like this is one that I can see bringing you back in. So I like the song a lot too. Mark. Trash. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was not a fan of this album. I, or, sorry, I, knew, I knew you were. I knew you were like <laughs> That's why when Milo, when Milo was like, yeah. I want you won't but I was like, what? I was like, I'm not going to play this shit, yeah, bro. This is I like the Kendrick an, Lamar purist. Allen song. Yeah, no. Like he's got I was, the man's uh, address tattooed on his like calf. <laughs> like, so I figured <laughs> he wouldn't enjoy this. He, he got good kid in Mad City, but it's him in elementary school. Yeah. But wouldn't that mean I would like this song if I have Kendrick Lamar? tattooed on me <laughs> that's so funny maybe shoot um yeah this was not it for me at all like to me this is definitely remember when i talked about fillers this is what felt like a filler i was like wow we're putting this on a kid's album like don't get me wrong like i'm not even like i understand it could be a good song it's just not my very this is not my type so that's fine but it's just like i mean even for songs that weren't my type i just remember there being a lot more mm, fair like I was telling my roommate that like I felt like a lot of this um 
like and damn damn was such a fucking emotional album i remember having an incredibly emotional experience while listening to the album actually um when i first listened to it uh same with Pippa butterfly and like that and then even section 80 like like even if you don't like a particular song every song comes with like a very strong emotion i didn't feel any like strong emotion with this this is kind of for like him like singing like you know whatever and like damn he has very soft songs like yeah but y'all still has like a very strong emotion behind it like something like you know pierces whereas this i would to me this like i would never listened to a kendrick album and felt like oh this was filler this was the first time i'm like man like why is this on here this is like you you really didn't have better than this to put i don't think it was supposed to have a strong i think this is supposed to be like his controller his yeah, I don't think this is supposed fruit. to be. Yeah, and, and, maybe, and so maybe that's the case, man. Maybe maybe that's where I'm missing. Did you like out. Passion for Passion Fruit from my uh, one way? You, you no, you we, we know Mark doesn't like R&B. We know he doesn't like <laughs> what anything that's close about, to like, R&B. What are you talking about? This is just so... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah, no. Um... I mean, I'm not going to cheer on the song. Like a song. The song might be fine. It's just, you, you guys know I don't like this style. And even more so, I'm just surprised Kendrick put this on his album. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just really had nothing for this song. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you liked it, Alan. I'm glad y'all liked it. But uh, yeah, no, it did absolutely nothing for me. Um, All right, Father Time. Father Time. I'm I'm about to be triggered if you guys don't like Father Time. Go go go! Start it. The, because to me, Father Time is hitting on everything that the album wants to do. It is. It's talking about the therapy. It's talking about I come from a generations of home invasions and I got daddy issues. That's on me. Of the home invasion is like that's half the story of Good Kid, Mad City is about robbing a house. So I mm-hmm. like that nice little callback, um, dude. It's. I, I don't know what to say. I think it hits on, like I said, it hits on the pop end and and it also gets on the like the deep therapy end of like, I got daddy issues, that's on me. And talking about all these things that people might've heard from their dad in the beginning that like, where where's that? When, uh, when mama died, I asked him why he's going back to work so soon. His first reply was, son, that's life. The bill's got no silver spoon. And just kind of reflecting on the generational trauma within the context of a song that I think works so well as a banger, I think was really, really well done. And then, what did I, oh, also Sampha. I think Sampha's contribution to the chorus was, I mean, you know, Kendrick's out here working with the best and. I think he got Sampa at his top. So a great chorus, a great message that ties into the larger album. I can enjoy mm-hmm. it on both levels. And I think, I mean, probably this is my favorite song on the album, just in the sense that it's the one that I've listened to the most. I think it's a major turning point towards the end of the first half of the album. Uh, so I really, really like Father Time. And there's so much about like, even the name is kind of a pun. It's about daddy issues, but it's also about like, how they're going to affect us in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really, really good track, Father Time. Uh, Milo, what do you think? This song is an example of what World by Steppers should have been. So we have mm. really strong substance that isn't brought down by the musical accompaniment and a really crappy hook. So the hook on this was Sampha's vocals, as you mentioned, are great. And then the hook itself, a neat no chaser, neat no chaser, was was catchy. 
So the hook was definitely there. And then the actual background music. So we had like a 70s jazz beat and with the boom bap drum kit that actually sounded nice. The melody of it was nice. It wasn't just like some bass loop going over and over. So it's a confessional type song, toxic masculinity. For instance, like his father's telling like if I cried about it, he'd surely tell me not to be weak learn shit about being a man and disguised as being gangster and the delivery on this had a lot of energy on it too the uh it's that typical kendrick that the breath of yelling voice that he raps in so i i really enjoyed that so it was good on all fronts the only reason it's not a cue it's definitely a let play i definitely enjoyed the song the only reason it's not a cue is that i'm not trying to reflect on toxic masculinity and trauma you know it's kind of like a juice world song like i have to be in a very specific mood to want to reflect on <laughs> you know, ending my life and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> so Mark. Um, yeah. So content wise, this is it. This is what we want from Kendrick. Like I'm just reading this first verse. I've been listening, just reading the lyrics. I'm like, man, this nigga is just out here, bro. Um, yeah. I'm like, he says he's, he's using this in the first verse. He's using this, um, the scenery or the setting of him playing basketball with his dad and his dad playing like hardball with him he talks about like driving to the hoop and getting knocked on his ass and you know him crying or whatever almost want to go outside and his dad's like you can't be a bitch about this you got to you know get back up you got to be tough you got to do this or whatever and um you know just trying to he says this, oh this is the part where, men, where mental stability meets talent oh this is the part where he breaks my humility just for practice and just all these things about his dad kind of just like being hard, like not, not hard on him. It's like hard on him to do better, but just like really, really like tough on him and all this shit. And like his dad doesn't know how to like properly raise a son. So now it's going to keep coming down and down, you know, this generational trauma, generational curse. Um, tactics we learned together sure loses forever daddy issues um, I will say I personally hated the hook. <laughs> this is what kind of drove me away from the album. I really did not like this hook. Uh, I thought it was a that neat no chaser was annoying as hell. Um, but taking that away, I do think this is actually a really good song. And I love the intro too, where she says, uh, you really need some therapy. And then he says, real nigga need no therapy. Fuck you talking about. She's like, nah, nah, you sound stupid as fuck. And she's like, well, everybody's stupid. And he's like, well, you need to talk to somebody. Reach out to Eckhart, you know? And I'm a very, I know we all are like very big proponents of, you know, therapy, take care of your mental health. And I'm glad that Kendrick's pushing you heavy too, because he's obviously totally. his voice. And so um, I'm glad that he's saying like, hey, like as black people, like we're told this trauma shit we do with in the hood it's like normal but like it's really like not and even if it is like it doesn't mean we don't need to fight past it and so get some therapy talk to people like figure out how you could do better and like kind of break this curse and so um even though and like sonically just in general i wasn't the biggest fan of the song so like even like so like sonically this didn't do it for me so like i would almost kind of put as a skip if i'm being honest but content wise it's 100 there it's just sonically it just was not for me but content wise this is kendrick on his shit Dude, you and the R&B, you just... I can't do it. What, I really don't what do it. Is I really it? can't do I, it. I don't understand it all. Oh, man. he also has a line, though. Oh, I forgot. This is the same line where he says, uh, our second second verse, um, when Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly confused. Guess I'm not mature as I think. Got some healing to do. I was like, ooh, interesting. That's, like, okay, that's interesting. I don't that's interesting. Because it, it didn't sound like a diss at Kanye or Drake as much as it was like... 
I guess if you got beef with a nigga, you got beef. And so he's like, I'm surprised they squashed it out zero. Easy, bro. My, my, I don't know. I like, I think in retrospect, I kind of view that beef as like incredibly fake and like yeah. poor clout. And so it's interesting. Like, I don't know if Kendrick is playing into it and like he and his calling heart, him fake. <laughs> no, 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 where he's like, I don't know if he believes if he believes it more than I do or if he's just like playing into it and mm. trying to hype it up more. Um, but I like I went on the record. I like as a Kanye stan, I, I think that was fake. But yeah. Yeah. Um Rich we can skip yeah, that busted ass interlude. We, no, we ain't skipping we shit, bro. Skip. It's a Kendrick album. It's a, it's an interlude. It's literally just somebody talking over a piano scale. So speak on like it. They say, yo, so hit me with feel? that C major scale. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? No. This is what people are talking about with Kendrick's engineering. There's this dude I mentioned him a long time ago, Crank Lucas. And he's talking about Kendrick coming in the studio, like, I need the sound of a of a transmission slipping and a butterfly swing. <laughs> like that's uh, that's all I have to say about this interlude. Is just it's someone speaking over someone playing a piano scale in the background. <laughs> we should talk about Rich Spirit, but I don't wait, know, wait, Alan. did you did you feel anything about Kodak saying like what what Kodak was saying though? You know, Kodak on his like wise shit, bro. Kodak the prophet. I no, <laughs> none of it was moving. I wasn't moved. The three, three times I listened to this album, I was not moved by that interlude. Well, I, I was a little more moved by the interlude. It yeah. helps when I'm looking at Genius and I can understand what Kodak is fucking saying. <laughs> but, uh, but I really liked how Ken. Well, Kendrick for the no one, no one else was going to give like Kodak Black the space to talk about to talk about no, things ever. like how he's how he's the rap money's good, but I'm still pumping gas through the hood. Dropping off plates to the fam like Thanksgiving, got the baby snipers standing on that Merc business, sliding for the yak. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I mean, it's like we keep coming back with the theme of the album. It's, it's like, no, Kodak is a like sexual predator. Kodak mm-hmm. is this. Kodak is fucking stupid because he went live on IG with, with a gun on on mm-hmm. the table, smoking mm-hmm. weed with while he's holding his son. Like, <laughs> that's kind of. But but that, I, didn't even, I didn't even yeah I didn't I didn't even make that up that's like that happened you know but we don't ever get to hear about like what Kodak went through and I think that's yeah. what like that's what like obviously that's why Kendrick wanted Kodak to do this why he put this on the album but I I mean I can't really fault you Milo for not for not enjoying yeah. this and like I said I really I didn't get anything out of this until I'm like looking at genius because I have a hard time understanding what Kodak says a lot of the time. Uh, Mark. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just, just yeah, reading it. Kodak's really saying some shit, you know, like uh, just um, running the stores, kicking in doors and they could give me the glory. Nigga play with me. He gonna live the story. Uh, most of the people that you grew up with are now in the chain gang and the box getting pink, nigga shit and where you sleep, nigga shit and where you eat. I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, uh, who never thought I'd become a fucking Kodak? Rap money good, still pumping gas in the hood, blah, blah, blah. Um, him and his brothers wearing hand-me-downs, um, trying to give respect to OGs. And I really love the last fucking line where he says, Red Cross, Food Banks, and Wick. Now look at this shit. We own property. Like... I like that idea of like we. I literally came from like food banks and fucking uh, like food stamps and cards and shit like that. Um, and now I own property. Like, 
um, I, I mean, especially for some for 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 someone like Kendrick, who come from another hood on the other side of the country, but another hood where the same horrible shit keeps happening. And I mean, to me, I can't. I I imagine for Kendrick, it's like seeing another black man thrive is always going to be a good thing for him. Like whether this is a black man that people love or a black man that people hate or whatever, for him, it's like, I know, like whether this black man is a moral good person or not, I know what us as black men go through. And so I'm happy anytime any black man wins and is doing better, you know? And I get that idea. I even have that idea a lot of times, you know, obviously doesn't rid of everything, but I do it like, I know a lot of women have the idea of like, you know, whether this woman is good or not, like, you know, she's a woman. I know what women go through so much support her because she's a woman, you know, it's so like people do that in all different types of cases. Um, and so this is, you know, Kendrick doing it with Kodak and Kodak's a perfect example. If it wasn't for the fact that he actually, you know, <laughs> this fucking case. And so Kodak, I mean, I feel like if I'm being honest, I feel like if X was still here, he probably would have used X instead of Kodak because he said he really loved X. Kendrick mentioned it. He tweeted out X's album, and I've never seen Kendrick even tweet out an album. And so yeah, he's never on social media, really. Never, never. Yeah. And he tweeted out X's first album. And so I, he probably so would have. So quirky. <laughs> he probably would have originally had X on here. But yeah, it's. um, Yeah, I, I mean, I sonically, it's not all that, but I do think that content wise, I did like it a lot. So I really wanted to talk about that raggedy ass. <laughs> okay. So on to Rich Spirit, the actual song, the content, the music. So this is a cue up. This is a hit. Mm. You got the bass synth. You got that little that when they come just a sprinkle of the kick on there. Boom. But boom. Coming through. Put a little reverb on the snap. I don't know what piece of wood they were. We, we got to get your boy Oliver to identify <laughs> the piece of wood that they were clanging in the background. But I like it. It was a nice touch. Uh, it was like the beat was really minimalistic, but it also had a lot of different elements at the same time. This <laughs> features the white guy voice again. The, yeah. Oh, well, hi, I just voted for uh, Trump, brother. <laughs> if you, I just voted for Trump, brother. <laughs> if you enjoyed that voice when he did it with Baby King, it's back and uh, making a return. I don't know how. How did y'all feel about the the hook? The Stop playing with me before I turn you into a song. Bitch, I loved it. You. Yeah. Mm. That was you wouldn't you wouldn't feel it now. This I I'd say this was on the more poppy side as well. I'm just gonna go ahead and say yeah. I think this I don't like pop Kendrick. <laughs> isn't Kendrick proper. Yeah. You wasn't you you weren't feeling the song? I, I'm not a fan of pop Kendrick or RB Kendrick. Like it's just I like rap Kendrick and I like playwright Kendrick. So when he's really really rapping or like describing like a play like we're gonna hear in i think the next song um those are like the kendrick's where i'm like yes yes give me this fucking masterpiece anybody could go give me a fucking r&b song bro like let drake do that shit nigga let anybody else go do that shit dog like you are one of the very few people who could give me a fucking masterpiece of just sonical orgasms and like when you just kind of waste it like i'm just kind of like r&b it's just like eh but also, Wasted I'm biased. I'm biased. Once I'm biased, because it's not my style of music. Yeah. Uh, some people would say the opposite. Some people I hope said, you um... "Jumped by Brock Abbott." <laughs> <laughs> I'll stomp you out. <laughs> say some people would say the opposite, though. I know who was it. Um, I can't remember. If somebody said it about Tyler. 
or if it was about X or somebody, but it was like a rapper who rapped a lot, but they were like, I don't know. I think they were saying about Tyler. They were saying, why are you rapping so aggressively and saying all this? Like you make really nice, beautiful, like soft music and shit like that. And like, they kind of like made them kind of change their mindset on how they know how Tyler makes music now. And so it's kind of like, it's just personal opinion. Like what you write more. And I just do not, I'm much more for that highly energetic, highly emotional, really aggressive music. Um, and so it's just, it's my bias. But no, I personally wasn't a fan of this song, but I don't think it's trash. It's just not my shit. Alan? I love I love Pop Kendrick. Like, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that. I think, Milo, I'm glad you really like this song because after the album, if you told me to like, my first time I listened to it, like, what do I remember about the album? I'm always going to be like, mm, bitch, I'm attractive. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, that that fucking chorus fucking works for me. And then I'll... I loved you mentioned the like the the white man part that was like a reference to the other song when he's like like when he says we headed we headed there now are you strapped brother a peacemaker <laughs> not naive brother like I love that whole verse Strap three. brother real nigga that brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> like his like we like I I don't know I like I said I love all of Kendrick and like weirdo white pop kendrick is one of the more niche ones that i think is really funny and works for me and then mm. i also really liked wait where was it in kind of like yeah the the end of it when when he's talking i mean we even get a little bit more of of real kendrick like like i pray to god you actually pray when somebody dies thoughts and prayers way better mm. off timelines false plane mm-hmm, and not cute and mortified the new earth and hot pursuit 200 lives and like so he's still he i think we still get a good amount of like real kendrick wanting to play in the themes of the album talking about kind of this performative culture about like you know he was getting criticized for not showing up at more black lives matter rallies or whatever mm-hmm. but you know he's going to talk more about it and in this song saying that like oh but i'm doing thoughts and prayers like are you actually praying for people or are you just like saying that on social media Mm -hmm. and i think that kendrick says i'm actually here someone who's living a prayerful life i think i i'm also getting that so this is a this is a really good song for me too my i'm glad you liked it uh mark i get i get your criticisms too i know that this just isn't your vibe so that's all good but yeah, that's a great line. I pray to God you actually pray when somebody dies. Thoughts and prayers way better off timelines. I didn't even catch that the first time. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah, King Kendrick, baby. All right. So here's the one I've really been wanting to talk about. <laughs> Y'all know me. We cry together. God damn. Okay, so let me say this. I didn't listen to this album right away. Uh, the night it dropped, I didn't listen to it that night. Um, I'm not even sure if the next day, like I pressed play while I was at work. Like I wasn't like, you know, whatever. I waited till I got off work, I think. And I like played a little bit of it while I was in the car. And like most of like, this was just a first initial like playthrough. Nothing caught my attention, which I was surprised. I'm like, man, like this is all kind of going in one ear and out the other. Like I was kind of sad until we got to this fucking song. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. There is no way this song could go anywhere near and out. The, uh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Even if this was playing in the background of a coffee shop, which would be horrible, but like this would immediately, this would immediately grab your attention. Like when Milo talks about a play or writing a screenplay or playwright, whatever, this is it. This is literally like it's like this is 
Kendrick and Taylor Page uh, were basically in this song for only nearly six minutes. They play a couple who's getting in an argument with each other and just hurling insults at one another. And when I tell you, like, oh, my God, bro. Like, this shit is so legit. Like, I've been around people who have seen in arguments that sound exactly like this shit, bro. Exactly. I was literally playing Xbox with my homie the day after this drop, and he was talking about the song or whatever. And he was like, bro, he was like, this reminded me when me and my ex broke up. He was like, he broke up recently. <laughs> he was like, bro, I just brought up too much memories. I'm like, you know, if both of you are toxic, some breakups sound like this. I mean, I hope every breakup doesn't, but some do. And like in this song, it's it's one of those where it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know. I would say kind of like the song "You" on the Butterfly. Maybe, maybe that's no, or maybe even closer to the song "Fear" on "Damn." I don't know songs like that, but like songs where it's not really music, but there's a sound in the background that's keeping the melody, but it's really Kendrick performing as a character or whatever. And this one, he's the boyfriend, and I mean, if you want to talk about toxic, <laughs> this shit is just. Two Future people. got nothing on this. Future ain't got shit on this, bro. This is two people who obviously have a lot of strong emotions towards each other and really care, but are fed up with each other too. And because they're hurt, they're going to hurt the other person. And this is just them doing it back and forth to each other. And I mean, I want to get more deeper into it, but before I get deeper into it, I want to hear what you guys got to say first. Uh, Milo, I'm curious what you feel about this song. Tell me, Doug. This is an absolute skip for me. First what? of all, I'm I'm tired of artists. We you have podcast, dog. I said never everybody we have movies. We have books. If you want to hash out this battle of the sexes thing, go write a, a philosophical treatise. Go write a screenplay. Go write a short story. I didn't like it when Trevor was talking about his baby mama on Extinction. No one Level knows event. who Trevor is. Trevor, they I know who know Trevor, Trevor is. I will make certain they know who that. Bust I literally have no idea who you're talking about. Tired of the battle of sexes extinction. I had no idea what you were talking about, dog. This, no idea. He's the talking content, about Buster Rhymes. In case anyone doesn't know who Trevor is, if <laughs> Trevor Noah, that's who I thought you were talking about. The review this album. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Brooklyn. I'm gonna make sure everybody knows that man's first name. It's the same. It's the Powerpuff Girls versus the Rowdy Rough Boys. It's anything you can do, I can do better. It's hit the road, Jack. It's the same thing that you've heard before. The only difference is those actually had melodies that were actually kind of catchy. You might actually go watch. I mean, and the Powerpuff Girls was a hit show during the 90s or early 2000s. This is just some dissonant piano scale, again, that's looping in the background. There's no real melody that you can latch onto because it's dissonant. And you don't get a lot of resolution with it. And then you have this slave sounding ass refrain that the that it starts off with and some, this is what the world sounds like. Okay, you mentioned Mark, this is gonna, yeah, this catches your attention. Because yeah, if you were in your apartment complex, minding your own business on your computer and all of a sudden two people started breaking out into a fight, of course it's gonna catch your, if you're in a cafe and all of a sudden people start talking about how they should have sucked a bigger dick, then yeah, you might turn around from your latte and be like, huh, what are they talking about? As a piece of art, I'm sure there's something that this has to offer, but this has no business, no business on an album, no business. You could have kept this in a journal. <laughs> Or you could have made this a couple tweets, but I just, I'm tired of hearing people argue in this 
in this way on on the microphones and trying to make a musical and marketing like if you, at least if you're going to do it once again hit the road jack with ray charles mm-hmm. it, it's actually a pretty catchy tune anything you can do i can do better it's you know in it well i mean that's part of a musical so that was on a stage play so maybe that doesn't help my point question skip, quick question skip, quick question hard I'll let, I'll let oh, go. i'm not done actually hold up i want to talk about something this girl said she was really trying she was really wilding like this <laughs> man she was making stuff up at the end. Like, as far as she was concerned, he was the reason for Ukraine and Russia. She was just coming with points that had nothing to do. And then she has to stop tap dancing around the conversation. That's because every time we get into the conversation, y'all want to bring up some tangential stuff that don't matter, like being underpaid, undervalued, and Donald Trump getting voted for. That's it. Back to the podcast. <laughs> Yo, this tells you the album worked, bro. The song song did its job. The song did its fucking job, bro. You have never had a reaction like that, and that means it's effective art, honestly. That means it's an effective art, 100%. But is it spicy? (laughs) Is it Ralph? It ain't Ralph, though. Oh, my God. Fuck out of here. Does it belong here? First of all, have you ever listened to the song Kim by Eminem? Kim? Yeah, by Eminem. Long time ago. I I couldn't remember. Okay. This is reminiscent of that. And Kim, I mean, it's much more toxic than Kim, to be honest. But in Kim, it's literally like a very like light piano in the background. It's Eminem pretty much reenacting this uh, falsified story where he goes in, finds his wife cheating, stabs her boyfriend, puts his wife in the trunk, and drives her off a bridge. And, like, he pretty much acts out over a five-minute song. Uh, and, like, it's pretty much like a therapy session for him. But, like, he acts out completely, and it was among the most scariest songs I heard at the time when I was listening to this as a kid. This is incredibly reminiscent of that. Incredibly reminiscent of that of like uh, almost this imaginary conversation where you're really letting out the toxic feelings you feel and the toxic feelings you know someone else's feels or whatever. And they're just, they're just putting it right there. And I love, I mean, Milo, I get you when it comes to like the idea, like hit the road jack, 100% is better as a song. I would actually hit that, press the replay. Like, I'm not going to, if I'm writing a book, I'm not going to click this song. I'm being <laughs> real. Like, okay, I'm never going to click this song around the car. I'm probably going to skip this song from in the car, just chilling, to be honest. You know, like, I'm not going to listen to this. That being said, that does not make it bad. Just because something doesn't have replay value doesn't make it bad. It's just like, Maybe he shouldn't have made this as like a music video, like taking off the album, whatever. But like, I love this for what it is. It might not be a song in the way a song should be. It might not be whatever, but like, whatever it is, though, I do love it. And I think it's fucking amazing. And whatever it is, it is not spicy and does not belong on Mr. Brown, the big steppers. Alan, Alan, what you... <laughs> make yeah, a YouTube my... video. <laughs> Milo, you. You got to be wrong because my parents already know all the words to this track. I heard him sing it last night. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously, obviously, that's a joke I stole from Twitter. But, <laughs> but I mean, skits are nothing new to rap, right? And I complain mm-hmm. about I complain about a bad skit, but I think. I don't know. I think this is a good skit where it fits Probably. in. They're also like the whole thing still rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. So I give this, I give this a lot of credit in that sense. What I was saying about how like effective art this is that 
Milo just went on the most impassioned rant he's ever had <laughs> about anything on doing two years of this fucking podcast. Like that's that means it's it's hitting, you know. And so maybe maybe that wasn't my best choice of words, but it means it's like it's making you feel something. And goddamn, this is like if Kendrick wanted to leave an impression on you, this is gonna fucking leave an impression on you. I think mm-hmm. Taylor Page on this, amazing. Like, yeah, her amazing. her performance on, on this was like so she gets so, so like breathy, and I you get to that she does this voice that you can tell the verge like someone is on the verge of crying, mm-hmm. someone is right on the verge of breaking down, like, and she can do that through this entire song, and she can go from that into the anger, into the kind of mocking way when she says like, oh, and then I fucked your cousin. Like, mm-hmm. And Kendrick's like, what the fuck? Like, you fucked baby Keem? And then... Which he didn't actually say that, but, but the only cousin <laughs> we know about of Kendrick is baby Keem, so I thought that was all funny. Oh, uh, funny. Baby Keem just had to cut like... Yes. Yeah. You guys <laughs> Do you guys know that meme of like the black guy rubbing his hands together near a tree? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Adams. Yeah, that that ba- baby came on on that's a funny. on this track. Um, but she, but her, all that to say, her performance was, in my opinion, even better than Kendrick. I think Kendrick did really well, but he's just it's. I think it's an easier role to play, just the like, the kind of stoic male, like when she brings up that he's been like fucking other bitches, he's like, shut, he can just go to the anger, just like, shut the fuck up. And like, mm-hmm. and they can go from like, the song ends with them just like fucking, but kind mm-hmm. of going through this process of 90% of it is like, fuck you, bitch, fuck you, nigga, fuck you, bitch. And just like doing that, but then ending up with the fucking. And then there's also this maybe three quarters of the way through, there's this tiny little part where I can tell they're just, kind of laughing and making fun of each other when when she says like I should have found a bigger dick and then Kendrick responds with like oh but who got you that Camry mm-hmm. and then she's like oh but give me my keys and he says like no this is the day you're about to fucking walk to that bitch oh dude that part like, felt very real to me I've had yeah that part was a little too <laughs> it was that, intense bro that part was intense I mean and, and maybe my and keys is, fuck you bitch oh, so it was intense like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you if ever there was a, a case for skits to be on rap albums like this yeah. this, this is, is not it. a skit <laughs> this is a whole as a matter of fact case in point go watch baby boy there's an exact scene jody no. jody <laughs> and um, baby boy baby yvette they get in an argument same <laughs> f you lottie dot matter of fact she might have been going to work because he needed to borrow a car and it ends with him you know <laughs> Yo, this should have been. Oh, and they end up fucking. Holy shit! Yeah, exactly. Dude, he might have. He might. He might have actually been inspired from like Baby Boy. He might. Yeah. He might have been inspired from Baby Boy. To be honest, I think about it. The whole ass movie scene. Not a I don't even think the thing at the end of Stankonia was this long. With the whole intergalactic alien. Oh, it was definitely. Lo- it was definitely longer than this. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is, but it's more. It's more musical than this, also. Sorry, I okay. I just I look. I, there's so much said here, bro. So one thing is, I wonder if this song is 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 Kendrick addressing his criticisms, especially in terms of relationships, 
He's addressing his criticisms, but he's not necessarily giving an answer to them. He's just saying, like, he's acknowledging that, like, I know these are problems, you know. Um, oh, God, there's just so much. So he's talking about, you want to bring a nigga down, do what I'm trying to do right, we could go separate race, blah, blah. And then she says, fuck you, nigga. You love a pity party. I won't show up. Always acting like your shit don't stink, motherfucker. Grow up. Kendrick talks about being the good kid in the Mad City. You know, I, I try, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to do this. You know, oh my gosh, people, I, I'm rich now. And now people from the hood are like mad at me and sad at me and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck your little pity party. You think your life is so hard. Like, mm. you know, and so I was like, man, okay, that's interesting. And then, um, Forever late for shit, you won't buy shit, sit around and deny shit, fuck around on a side bitch, then come fucking up my shit. Kendrick already has been talking about his infidelity and the fact that like he has a lust problem. He's mentioned that like three times already in this album. Um, uh, and then uh, he says some shit. After she says that, he says, what, fucking your shit? You must be bleeding and some more shit. Uh, and then he says, fuck your feelings. And it's just like, obviously that's like a toxic male trait to like, Anytime a woman is emotional, bringing it because something's going on, you say, like, Oh, you must be on your period. And so mm, he yeah. says that too. And like, it's just on, oh, it's like, this is the more you, more you go, just the more um, it just gets, yeah, crazy and some shit. And then the girl, and so in the first, the second verse is from the girl's perspective, and Kendrick's the one responding. And she's saying, you know, bitches staring at me and Zara, hoes scratching up my car, you know, all the shit because I'm with you. I got more enemies because of you. And then he's going back at her and yeah, the whole sucking your, <laughs> the, the car key part really got me where he's like, give me, she's like, give me the keys. And he's like, no. And all this shit. And yeah, I don't know. And towards the last verse, it's, it's what gets really interesting. So my opinion is the last verse where she says, you're the reason we overlooked underpaid underbooked under shame. If you look, I don't speak that I'm called out my name. I am flawed. I am pained. Never yours. I remained. You the reason bitches started fucking with bitches when they changed. You the reason bitches are calling y'all bitches because of because y'all useless. You the reason Harvey Weinstein had to see his conclusion. You're the reason R. Kelly can't recognize that he's abusive. See, well, how, how we even? And by the way, girls like girls where I'm from. <laughs> so she goes on like a whole terrain that's obviously mm-hmm. way bigger than whatever the fuck this is. But she she's going into deeper of like now women issues like these is what we deal with as women and you don't care you you're like, like you 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 act like you're the savior you act like you're this big thing but you're you're part of this toxic male culture you're part of the you're part of what all these men are doing like you have not confronted it you're not doing all this other shit like whatever you know like you're 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 just as part of this. Um, also, so so, take that quick little side note. This is where I'm saying all of Kendrick's points aren't always popular. He said this back in Keisha's song, this line where he says, you're the reason bitches start fucking with bitches when they change. He goes all mm-hmm. the way back to Keisha's song. And he, like, I remember wow, that was a, I didn't that, catch that, yeah. That was a theme he pushed back wow. in Keisha's song, which was the, like, uh, uh, he, and he sings it too. He's, he's, and he, I can't remember how the sing song thing goes, but he goes like, uh, bitches fuck with bitches when there's some when they nigga, bitches fuck with bitches, blah, blah, blah. And he pretty much is saying that like, when, when, when men are no good, women are just gonna start fucking other women. So he kind of gives this idea that like, 
women become lesbians because they can't find a good man or there aren't good men or they, they, they just had such shitty men that they're only going to fuck with girls now, which... Uh, it's like I'm not gonna say it's like it's not. I don't know if it's problematic. I would say, but it's definitely. I don't think it's definitely an That's idea. Not how sexuality works. Yeah, it's definitely not the yeah. idea that the LGBTQ community. I don't think would push is that gay or women are only lesbians because men are shit. And so, um, yeah, just uh, and so that was just a quick little side thing. Now going back to this album, yeah. So that I thought that little end part was kind of like wild, but it makes sense that after like all of this, you kind of just start leading, like more and more keeps coming out of you. Um, so like one, thing, uh, one thing that as you were speaking kind of came to me was about, you know, she at the end starts saying some like kind of dumb shit. Like what does Kendrick Lamar have to do with Harvey Weinstein? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't really, isn't really a valid thing of her for her to say like Kendrick's infidelity somehow caused Harvey Weinstein's downfall or like mm-hmm. caused R. Kelly's downfall is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of understand what she's saying in the sense of that, like this toxic masculine culture that America mm-hmm. has especially is so pervasive. And it it's interesting because it puts Kendrick on the side of power if so much of this album, so much of Kendrick's career is about like white oppression of black men mm-hmm. and how like how like white people don't kind of see what they're doing and the hurt mm-hmm. that they're causing. It's interesting for Kendrick to be on the other side of that, being a male, being a man mm-hmm. and hearing all these Impressive things that he woman. might view. Yeah, that he might view as ridiculous. Like, what the fuck do I have to do with Harvey Weinstein? Or she has a line like, you're the re- like. He he says something like, "Bitches never feature on bitches R and B songs or something." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, wh- where did that come from? What yeah. what even is that? So I think it's interesting for Kendrick to be self aware enough to say like, "Okay, I'm kind of, I might say some dumb shit about, like as as the powerful person, I might say some dumb shit about like male female dynamics," mm-hmm. um, and that's self aware for how people might view him when it comes to racial dynamics, when he is mm-hmm. not the one in power, when, when he is living in white supremacy, you know, is kind of an interesting kind of juxtaposition of power. If that made any sense. I mean, it's the same way you're talking about white people about white issues. And, you know, I mean, you don't hear this difference anymore, <laughs> um, but like back in the day, especially prior to Trump, it was like, what do I have to do with all that? Like, I'm not, yeah. I didn't cause racism. Like I didn't, slavery like i didn't do that but you are acting in a system that perpetuates it and you're not fighting against it and you're allowing it to continue so that's pretty much her kindred like the kindred it's like you're the reason r kelly could get away with this you're the reason that harvey weinstein did what he did you're the reason all of this shit and she's like what are you talking about i didn't, I didn't do that with these bitches i didn't do any of this shit but the way you talk about women the way you kind of treat women in your music the way you allow this culture of like women as objects to perpetuate you're complicit and so, yeah, that was really well put. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do what I can. Um, Milo, I know. So you you got nothing else to say on this? <laughs> just, no, I'm good. I, yeah, bro. I'm really sad. Like, I mean, I understand I got a song, but you, you just as a work of art, just nothing. Just no. As I as I mentioned, like it was a very powerful, moving scene in Baby Boy. Like there is artistic <laughs> value. To so this. We're here to talk about whether this album is spicy. Is this spicy? 
I don't think so. What? I don't think it's a skit. The ranch went on with spicy. This is the little spiciest song of the album. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is not a skit. Don't let Alan fool you, listeners. This is not a skit. Six minutes long. Skip. Okay, um, I think we're, yeah, because we're almost at 11 o'clock, so I think we're just going to do the first half of this album, which is only one more song. Yeah, we could do Purple Hearts, because I can, I'll just tell you right now, that was a skip. I was not feeling the hook. It, I don't like to use the P word, but when you say, if God be the source, then I'm the plug talking, it's hard for me not to use the P word. So I, I really wasn't feeling that. And then the, I mean, the, the, Production, the music was fine. I thought it was a little more on the poppy side. But as far as the, oh, and then the last thing I'll say is Elohim is off limits. You don't get to say Elohim, Lyrical Miracle, or Ethereal. That's just, we need to, we need to start keeping track. Please, guys, we need to start keeping track of off-limit words <laughs> in your verses. Like what, Eminem had another one. He said, um, uh, no, nah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, oh. Purple Hearts, somebody. Um, I like I like Purple Hearts a lot. I like I said I like Kendrick in the pop bag. This also, if you told me that Ghostface Killer was going to be on this album, I would not have guessed it was going to be this song. Right, I would assume it was going to be like a way more just like heavy, dense kind of rap track. But they actually got him to do what was a really short and sweet verse, in my opinion. And I don't know. I don't have too much too much to add other than I'm surprised you didn't like. You didn't like this, like this pop kind of upbeat way to end the first half of the album. Because for me, because for me, it it really it, it really works. I don't have too much to say. And I think that like the features, the features work well. But I really like the I really like the chorus is one of the only choruses that just Kendrick does solo that I think really works where he's kind of like half rap singing. So. I like Purple Hearts. I don't think it's as good as um, as oh, well. Now I'm just blanking on the last kind of popular track, the last popular track Rich that Spirit. we had. Uh, Rich Spirit. Uh, yeah, I don't like it as much as Rich Spirit, so I get where you're coming from from there. But I really like Pop Kendrick. I think the features are done well. I think this has a solid chorus, so I liked it, Mark. Oh, real fast, Ghostface Killer sounded like Nas when he started rapping. I was like, they got Nas on this. Bro, I can see fr- that they're the, they're both pretty old school. Ghostface Killer on this, bro. The fuck was up with that whack ass Christian verse, dog? That shit was so trash, my nigga, Dare bro. You. That shit was so trash. You uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> Telekinesis. I'm paraphrasing these D speeches while I'm crying. I clean the feet of sweet Jesus. Dreams, visions get blurry of Elohim. Blah 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 blah. So you didn't like this Elohim? Like it's just like nigga, come on, you're, bro. Dude, your ghost week... impression is turning into fucking Uncle Ruckus. It's <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, this guy siphoned the bottom of the small portion. <laughs> what is Twilight Zone? This is the fifth dimension. Like it was just like just shit that I was like, dude, what are we talking about here, dude? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you actually talking about in this verse? Your verse makes no goddamn sense please get this nigga off the stage bro this the take the mic from him bro <laughs> this shit was garbage dog like he re- like i didn't think this song was that great already because you know how i feel about pop Kendrick. but when that came on i was like okay this is horrible bro this is easily a skip this is not how you should end the first album or first part of the album or whatever dog like this is that was easy to skip but 
Yeah, bro. I'm sorry. I, I have nothing to say for this song. <laughs> yeah, Purple Hearts was a week. I just couldn't have shut the shut up when you hear love talking. I just couldn't shut up when you hear it. love talking. Yeah, no, I wasn't a, wasn't a fan of that. If got to be this first thing I'm blood talking. Yeah, no, I'm good about that. I mean, hey, this is more though of the whole uh prophet if god be the source that i'm the plug talking he mentions it a few times in this album about being the voice of god voice for god so okay you know you know you know he, he definitely heard our, he definitely heard our podcast from a year ago yeah, <laughs> except I mean, when i was saying he's a prophet he's a crown of thorns of god. <laughs> calling himself the, you know god's Bro, representative do we, do we have do we have any credits in this album do we do we look in the credits for hungry hip-hop yeah <laughs> <laughs> inspiration <laughs> i need a check bro i need a check for this um all right y'all that's uh first half yeah, of it. this mr mel and the big steppers we will continue for the second half which definitely has some interesting songs which i really want to talk about but um that is the first half of the album so far so tune back in for part two of mr morale and the big steppers next week peace out later guys